Everyone does this. Am I, am I on? Can you hear me? Okay. I don't get to do what m most people get to do sometimes. Tom, I just want you to know I have a timer going. So you don't have to hold your watch up and take it off your wrist. You might. I, I don't know. Maybe you will. I'm not sure. Okay. All right. I think I got a list of things right here. Can we go to the first? I think the first one it says goodness. A blessed life. In, that's in work, marriage, family. A prolonged life. God's providence. His rescue and his salvation. Refuge and protection. How about satisfying sleep? It's untouched by evil. Riches. Honor. Fulfilled desires. To be favored. God's direction and instruction. God to confide in you. Or I think Andy, Anthony said his friendship in that Psalms 25. Stability. God's loving kindness. As high as the heavens are from the earth. Not just confidence. Strong confidence. This one I just added. There is no... Trust of your brothers and sisters, as, or as Tom says, if you can trust someone with your wallet and your wife. <laughs> Remembrance of his covenant. God's attention, his, his ear is inclined to you, to be heard by God, and, and wisdom. Can we go to the next slide? That's a stinking good list right there. <laughs> like... I won't even poll you. I know what your answer is. I think you all say, yes, I'll, I'll, I'll have, I'll, yes, whatever that is. I'm, I'm in. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we, uh, we certainly are grateful that we can be in this place this morning. And uh, we're grateful that we just sang the songs. Your love for us is amazing. Lord, let that love just be uh, the thing that we hear your word from this morning. Holy Spirit, as you speak to us, would you just cover it in your love? Lord, we ask that you would uh, bring clarity, certainly to me, but Lord, to our hearts as we make it our goal to hear from you, Holy Spirit, and what you have to say to us this morning. We love you, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. I, I kind of cry when I pray. That's just what I do. So uh, there's another thing about me, and I'm going to go see the doctor about this, but I'm a, I'm a spontaneous prayer, so... If at any point I just close my eyes and I do this, don't get weirded out. I just do that. Ask my wife. Like, all of a sudden, she's like, oh, no, here he goes again. He's going to start praying. And I just, I, I don't know what else to do. So um, I want to start by just saying this. And this is going to sound really super simple. God is real. Like, 
He really exists. Like, he re- there really is a God. It's, not, it's so easy to lose that truth because we come to, ch- like me, I grew up in this church. I, I gave my life to the Lord down in the basement. Like, it, it, it's easy to let that our Christianity or our belief be, just become a routine. But I want to remind you this morning that, that God is, is real. Like, he really exists, and he really, 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 really loves you, and he really cares about you. And I want to start there because, I don't know, I think kind of some of the things I have to say are, they're a little bit on the hard side. So um, I, want, I want that to be the filter that you hear this from because God really, really loves you and he really, really cares about you. Um, have you ever read the Bible and it's like, obviously you have, um, and like, it seems like one certain theme keeps jumping off the page at you. Like, is there anything else besides grace? Like, what, what, like, how are we not all talking about this one thing? Well, for the last probably year and a half or so, that topic has been the fear of the Lord for me. And, um, and what that means, like, we all were familiar with that, that phrase and, and, um, but what, what does that look like? And so, I, you know, you read through the Bible and you, hear, and you see all these. In fact, like if you think that list that, that we had, if that's like the intrinsic thing that we get to, we're adopted into as Christians, well, that's not the full picture. All those things were the blessings in Scripture that says, for those who fear the Lord. Those, that list that we all want, is comes from there. You know what? I'm going to grab a Kleenex. You guys don't need to hear me sniffling. Okay, so every year in, um, in January, the second week in January, I'm pretty sure that's right, Tom, always, we have this prayer and fasting week, right? And it's a fantastic time that we get to um, not eat and, um, and seek the Lord and uh, this last year, on a Tuesday night, um, we had different pastors kind of leading the prayer times, and Pastor Sarah was the lead, one of the leaders on Tuesday night, and she had this, um, this picture that she shared with all of us, and it was, it was a, uh, like an old garden scene, and like, almost like a cemetery garden, and there was lots of statues, and on those statues was like vines and, and things that were growing over it, and, um, and then the rain started falling. And those statues started coming to life. Does anyone re- recall this? And those, they, um, they started moving, and they started getting up. And, and as they took steps, each step, there was like life that grew out from that step. You know, grass and flowers and all this stuff started to come to life. And so it was, she's great with words. So I think we all had a really good imagery of what that was. And, and obviously the Holy Spirit helped with that. But... Um, I had a dream that night. That night, I couldn't sleep. And I had this dream, and in the dream, um, it, w- it was a very similar picture to what, what Sarah had shared, but there was like this big courtyard. It was almost like an amphitheater, and, and, and part of that courtyard was a part of this patio, so to speak. It kind of looked like a patio, you know, pavers and stuff like that. And it was sunken like a bowl in one area. It was still, a pat- it was still part of the patio, 
but um, people weren't walking on it. They weren't using it like it was supposed to be used for. And in my dream right away, I knew, I, like God had been speaking, fear of the Lord, fear of the Lord. I knew immediately that I'm the patio in some weird regard, and, and, it's, and it's sunk because of this fear of the Lord idea, okay? And I knew right away in my dream. So you may not know, but I used to own a landscaping company, and I've built dozens of paver patios. I mean, I know what goes into that, and I knew right away, like, this is going to require some real work to fix this. Like, good calculations on our base, and, and how to, like, it, a patio doesn't, like, you can have the nicest pavers, and it, you can spend a lot of money, but if you don't do that base right, it's kind of for naught. You can, it can be really pretty, and then a year later, it's sunk. And so you wish you would have spent some more money on Anyways, um, and so I knew right away that this related to the fear of the Lord in me. And uh, so it begs the question, if we're not fearing the Lord, what are we fearing? And I think the simplest answer would be man. We, we fear man, right? We are really concerned about what people think about us. And um, Proverbs, I don't know if this is up there, but Proverbs 29 says, the fear of, the, of man is a snare, right? It keeps us... It keeps us bound. I love the way Thomas said, you know, like you're trying to move places, but you, you're, you're trapped in that snare. So if the fear of man is a snare, the fear of the Lord is that 20-point, and that's just scratching the surface, right? There's, way, there's more verses in, in the Word about that. So what does it mean to fear the Lord? Uh, we have a good, uh, uh, we get a good idea in Second uh, Corinthians Five. Verse 9, it says, Therefore, we also have as our ambition, whether at home or absent, to be pleasing to him. Piece of cake. I think we can do that, right? That sounds simple enough. I got this thing in the bag. I can fear the Lord. I can be pleasing to him. I can yeah, I'll make it my ambition. Sure, I'll go for that. But <laughs> it obviously goes on. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may be recompensed for his deeds in the body, according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Okay, that makes things a little bit harder. Uh, We're going to get rewarded or recompensed for the things that we've done. All right, so this isn't, okay, there's more to it. In fact, this kind of actually makes me, as you start thinking about, whoa, that means... God knows about, remember God's real, so God, oh, God knows about that. He remembered when I was super selfish, and I thought, okay. All of a sudden, I'm starting to understand what what it means to fear the Lord. In 11, it says, therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade men, but we are made manifest to God. We certainly are. God knows our hearts. He knows what we're thinking. I mean, a lot of times, we think we go through testing because we think God wants to know what's in our hearts. People, God knows what's in your hearts. He wants you to know what's in your heart, right? Um, so God's opinion above all other opinion. No, no other, not that other opinions don't matter, but God's opinion must be first in your life. So this, I think this makes sense to all of us, right? So... We know we ought to fear the Lord. I guess practically then, what does that look like? Or if, 
if it seems like, yeah, if I can just be motivated to make that my ambition, just to please him, why, why doesn't that happen consistently in our lives? At least for me. I mean, what is, why is that not, not happening? And so there's a couple things that I found that I just want to share. So how do we fear the Lord? I think it starts with this. I think it starts with being a doer of the word. Proverbs 2, 1 through 5. I don't have it all here in my notes. So if we can go to, my son, if you will receive my words and treasure my commandments within you, make your ear attentive to wisdom, incline your heart to understanding. For if you cry for discernment, lift your voice for understanding. If you seek her as silver and search for her as hidden treasures, then you will discern the fear of the Lord and discover the knowledge of God. Lord, would you help us do that this morning? Holy Spirit, would you just help us discern what it is you're speaking so we might respond rightly to you? I love memorizing God's word. It's kind of just the way I connect with God. And I think of Psalm 119, it kind of pops into my head about treasuring your word I have treasured in my heart that I might not sin against you. What does that mean and what does that look like in your life? What are things in your life that you treasure? What do you, what do you treasure? And is, where on that list does God's word fall? All right, that's kind of, that's kind of a hard question to ask. But, um, <laughs> so we've got to start with God's word, right? If, what are we going to obey? We, we should, I think that's the question. I think we all have a heart to obey, right? But we need to know, what, okay, what do we obey? What, do, what are we supposed to do? And um, a lot of time, especially with media now and especially, especially with how much Christianity is on TV, you know, we can start developing, like, we see what other people are doing, and it's like, okay, I get, Lord, am I supposed to be doing that too? And, and um, we, can, we can just have this huge broad spectrum of, what am, God, what am I supposed to do when I think really what God's saying is, let's shrink this back, please. And can we just go to, just go to I've given you a whole book of what you should do. You know, let's start with God's word. We, so I, I'm glad you brought this up on Sunday, Tom. You used Philippians 2, 3, and 4. This is a verse that has just been, you know, just I've really been wrestling with. And it says this, do nothing from selfishness. I think we can just stop right there. Like, okay, are we doing that? Are we obeying that? Right? We've got plenty, we have got plenty to worry about, not worry about, we have plenty to obey in God's word. That we need to, one, spend time in God's word to, to be knowing that. But, um, are, we, are we obeying? Are we obeying God's word? So, but there is this part, because God is alive, and he is still speaking, and he still speaks to people, and he's, I'm sure he's spoken to you, and and so how do we know when this is my voice or when this is God's voice? or what? How do we discern this? Um, a couple months ago, I, I don't know why still, I don't know the end, the reason fully, but I took a trip down to Arizona. And I, just, I went by myself. I just got a little time away. I went and spent time with the, at the Alexander's house. And... Um, Again, I, just, I still don't know the full reason why I went down there. But I know, well, if it was just for this point in this message, so be it. 
But I went on a run. I just felt like I need to, I'm just sitting around doing nothing, twiddling my thumbs, asking the Lord, what am I supposed to do? So I'm like, I'm just, I'll just go for a run, I guess. And uh, I went for a run. I'm not, I mean, I, it's not like I'm a runner, but I went for a run. Um, and uh, I ended up at, like, kind of right behind, the, everything down there is in a community, and around the community has these big stucco walls, stucco over brick. And anyways, I'm on the backside of this community, and there's all these play, play areas a lot of times. And, and I'm running, and I'm just kind of praying, and I'm asking the Lord, one, what am I doing here? And, and what, what, whatever. And, uh, and I feel him say, this is my sense, there was a, a, a play area, and there was a building right next to it. He said, I want you just to go pray in tongues and walk around that building. And so, like, okay, is that me or is that God? You know, we have that question. Is this, am I just making this up because I want to come across as Christian? Or, I, like, I don't know. So I'm like, well, what do I got to lose? I was pretty safe. I looked, I made sure to look around. There wasn't anyone around. Actually, there was a guy, like, pruning his palm tree. And, uh, and uh, so I just, I, I, I'm praying in tongues, walking around this thing, and and, and it dawns on me at like five times around. I'm like, Lord, you said seven times. If, the thing's, if this thing falls down on the seventh time, I'm, I'm not taking any blame for that. And uh, so I, I do that, and then guess what happened? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing happened. And I just, I was kind of tired of running, so I walked. <laughs> I just kept... And, and sure enough, what happens again? There's another play structure. And it's like, I know. <laughs> you want me to go pray around it? Okay, whatever. And so I did. And so I walked around this play structure, and I just prayed. And, but this time, you know what happened? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing happened. And so I started, in my mind, thinking about, okay, is the Lord trying to like buy a little time? Because he knows if I would have walked five minutes ahead, I would have been hit by a truck and killed. Or like, or I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run across some, because I used to live in Arizona. I used, to, yeah, I used to work at Two Rivers Church. I was, whatever. And so I'm like, oh, maybe he's going to bring me across someone else's path, and he just needed me to waste a little time. And, you know, sometimes we just need to obey to obey. Like, we don't, Do we need, do, we, do I think that I'm owed from God? Okay, at the end of this, I'll explain everything, and then you won't feel so stupid. You know, or like, or, or is he just saying, obey? Here's the one thing I really did sense from the Lord. I felt like he was laughing at me. I felt like he was, I felt like in a good way, like, you did it. Way to go, buddy, you know? You made that awesome. Because sometimes we feel like we need to, um, it's like we have to fully understand before we'll obey. And we need that justification from the Lord. I mean, I, I get this as a parent because <laughs> so many times my kids will be like, okay, so if I don't do what you say, can you explain to me the consequences again? Because I'm really, 
I'm trying to weigh this out. <laughs> There's a stand-up comedian. He's in, so I'm totally stealing his material. He's like, you know that, that saying, crime doesn't pay? What a selfish thing. Like, you, okay, I've run all the numbers. I've punched it in. And you know what? At the end of the day, this, this crime, it just doesn't pay. So I'm not going to do it. Like, or if don't do the crime if you can't do the time. Well, you know what? I've got a little free time at the end of this month. Hey, I'm going to go ahead and do that crime, you know? Like, it, it total, so we, but I know it's, it's a ridiculous comparison, but in many ways we do this to the Lord. Like, okay, so I, I need you to fully let me understand about what I'm taking on here in punishment if I don't obey because I, I'm, I'm open to both options. Only my kids. Yeah, that's right. Thanks, Tom. There must be something with their parents. Um, here's a word I made up. You ever, it's, it's called being a, uh, don't be a gister. Don't do the gist of obedience. You know, we have a story in the Old Testament about Saul. And uh, the Lord gives him really clear instructions through Samuel. 1 Samuel 15, 2 through 3. This is kind of harsh. It is up there. Um, Thus says the Lord of hosts, I will punish Amalek for what he did to Israel, how he set himself against him on the way while he was coming up from Egypt. Now go and strike Amalek and utterly destroy all that he has. Is it up there? No. All right. Samuel's saying, wipe him out. Everything, every person, every man, woman, child, every piece of livestock, every animal, everything. Like the Lord was very clear on his instruction. And Samuel, or Saul, excuse me, hears that. And, and he goes and they wipe him out, sort of. Saul keeps Agag, their king, alive. And and some of the livestock, because they're the best. And the people, I'm sure the people persuaded Saul, hey, we could sacrifice this to God. How awesome would that be? Like, that's what we should do. And Saul, in his mind, like, you're totally right. The Lord will love that. That sounds really good. Let's do that. And, and then he keeps their king. And like, wow, you know what? I'm the king, and now I have one of their kings under me. Like, he's elevating himself in the eyes of people. He's pleasing man. He's not pleasing God. And this is where God says, I, I, I really regret putting Saul as king. But we can be really deceived. This, is, this causes me a lot of fear, people, actually. 1 Samuel 15, 13. Saul comes running to Samuel. He's like, greetings. Look at how we've obeyed the Lord. He's, he thinks... He has done what God called him to do. Like, how can, how can that happen? Blessed are you of the Lord. I have carried out the command of the Lord. He really thinks he obeyed. This causes me a lot of fear because I know I've done it in my life. I know I've, I've tried to please man, and, and then I look back. I'm like, yeah, I think I pleased the Lord. You know what? I'm not actually going to go try to get that confirmation from a man, too. Like, he runs to Samuel, like, hey, look at, look at what I did. We did it, right? 
No. So how do we, be, how, how do we become deceived? It tells us, um, well, first, let me say this. This may be the shortest point, but it, it might be the most powerful, most important one that I say this morning. We have to have, to truly fear the Lord, we have to have the same view of sin that God does. Proverbs 8.13 says, The fear of the Lord is the hatred of evil. We like to make a lot of room for ourselves to be rewarded. We've earned a little something. Saul earned a little bit of glory for himself. And it's so funny because he, he, he may have started there, but he didn't end there because they tell Samuel, he, he made a whole mountain for himself. Like he really glorified himself. And that, that's, that can be the case as well. So how can we be so deceived? James 1.22 says, uh, Prove yourselves to be doers of the word and not merely hearers who delude themselves. Like, this is the best way to be a, a hypocrite. Come to church all the time. Hear so much about it. And do none of the things that you're supposed to do. Like, the world sees us. The world sees it. It sees how, how ugly that can be. Um, I've thought this. That's why I can say this. If you've ever heard, like, a great message... And, and you've thought to yourself, oh, that's really good. I want to be able to recreate. I want to be able to say that to someone else. Before, before thinking, that's God's truth. Lord, would you change me to, to fall in line with your truth? Well, then you might become a hypocrite. <laughs> okay, consider this ridiculous example. You get up and you look at yourself in the mirror, and in the mirror, your hair is all crazy. You still have dinner from last night because you didn't brush your teeth. It's very apparent. Maybe you even have like a booger hanging out of your nose, okay? Let's just, uh, what's that? Yeah. And that's, uh, that's what I'm looking at right now. And I say, okay. And I walk out. Who would do that? No one's going to do that, right? You, you're going to probably take care of that. But let's read verses 23 and 24. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks at his natural face in a mirror. For once he has looked at himself and gone away, he has immediately forgotten what kind of person he was. Not, not only do we just not do anything about it, but then we walk and then all of a sudden we're like, oh. I'm probably looking pretty good, you know? And you're like, you're totally deluded. Everyone else knows it. You got a booger hanging out of your nose. And, and, but you think, hey, yeah, I'm doing pretty good. This is great. Thank God for mirrors, you know? That, and that's, thank God for his word. That's what his word is to us. It's that mirror saying, son, would you do something about this? Like, don't, you don't want to go out looking like that. That's, that's really not what you want. So there are, here you go, there are little Kleenex here. If you want to put one in James 1, 22, you'll just remember the booger analogy and that I want to be a doer of the word and not just a hearer of the word. So 
What are we beholding then? Here's the second part of how you can, how we can fear the Lord. One is be a doer of the word. And then two is be changed by beholding God's glory. And that's kind of what we're doing here, right? That's our goal. That's what intimacy with God is, is to look upon the Lord and say, we got no agenda. What do you want to do, Lord? 2 Corinthians 3, 16 through 19 says this. So we have the veil of deception when we are just a hearer and not a doer. But in contrast, whenever a person turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Hallelujah. But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as from the Lord, the Spirit. So, who is this God that we are beholding? You know, sometimes we can create our own image of what he is or what he looks like. Um, I'm going to skip a little bit in my notes just for time's sake. Can we go to the one, the, there's the picture of God? Yes, that one. We like that God. That is, he is looking down over us. And that, that is true, right? I'm not saying that's not true. That is true. I'm, I'm, I'm challenging our ability to see the full picture of who God is. Because we need to worship him, especially as the worship pastor here. We need to uh, worship God for who he is, not who we've created him to be or what we're comfortable with. There's a story in, uh, in the Old Testament where Moses and the Israelites are, you know, they're wandering in the wilderness and they end up at Mount Sinai. And, and God says, let, clean, let the people clean themselves, I'm coming back. And, um, and he comes on the mountain and he's, let's go to the next picture. And this is kind of what I envision, like, that's God too, okay? That's God too. And so if we just think he's there to just hold us and sit us on his lap and, and just love on us all the time, that is true. He wants to do that. But we also need to know that this is God too and that he is holy and that he will be regarded as holy. He must be regarded as holy because that's who he is. And he, even when he draws close, it's not like he lessens himself and he, and he like comes down to our level and dirties himself. No, he still is who he is. So, we need to be changed by beholding God's glory. In the presence, like, I can, I can get that there. Wow, I'm going to fear the Lord. I'm going to come low. And there's a difference between fearing the Lord and being afraid of God. But I don't have time to go into that right now. Um, the fear of God is intentional. And being afraid of God is uh, reactionary, okay? So let's be intentional about fearing the Lord. That's all I'll say. Um, when God's not around, when we don't see that picture, when we're not, we're not getting that, um, that's the real test of whether you fear God or not, right? When, he's not, when you don't sense his presence, when you're all alone, will you fear God then? You know, in uh, Philippians, it says, work out your salvation in fear and trembling. Do we tremble? We sing that song, Jesus, Jesus, you make the darkness tremble. Maybe we ought to th sing, Jesus, Jesus, your presence makes me tremble. Like, 
that might be a better response to God's presence. Because I think, Anthony, you had it last night. Yeah, the, or maybe it was Beth. Yeah, the demons recognize who he is, and they tremble. Do, church, do we tremble? Do we tremble before God? We ought to. Because that's who God is. He is that. He is loving Papa, but he is also the fiery storm. Okay. So um, the third point, I won't get into it, is stop complaining. Can we just stop complaining? That's gonna, that is a great way to fear the Lord because complaining is basically saying to God, good try, it would have been better had you done it this way. You're, I know you're God and all, but come on. Seriously? Like, and then we complain to other people, and we set them up as gods, but saying, if I complain to them, maybe they'll have pity on me, and then they'll intervene and change my... Can we just stop complaining? We have to stop complaining if we're going to really fear the Lord, right? Okay. So uh, back to this dream of me being a patio, all right? So it's Thursday night of the uh, prayer and fasting week. It's our prophetic night, and it's like right at the end of the night, and someone just says, we know this language, Christian-y language, Lord, let your Holy Spirit, let your presence fall like rain in this place. Okay, We're, that's very familiar jargon for us. Um, but I felt the Lord say right there, that's why the patio sank. That's why you were the way you were. It wasn't because of incorrect things. The incorrect things were shown because my presence and my glory was revealed. So there's... We see it in the Bible. There's a, there's a kind of a step-by-step thing. First, divine order must take place, okay? We see it in the, in the Old Testament. Here's the divine order of, like, the temple. Okay, why, like, why are they going through such detail with all this stuff in the temple? Well, because that's the divine order, and that's the way God wanted it. And after divine order comes God's glory, okay? God's manifest presence. We see it in the Old Testament. We see it in the New Testament, too, in, in Pentecost, Right? They set up the church, God the way it's supposed to be, and his, his glory comes. But there's a third step in this process. It's called God's judgment. Because God is holy, and he'll be seen as such, he, uh, I was judged. In that dream, I was judged. Like The judgment was, my foundation was washed out because of the rain, because of the presence of God, the foundation, but praise God, I was still a patio. You know, I was still a patio. Like, there, I, he wasn't over with me. He, in the dream, I felt him say, I'm right here by your side. I'm going to help you build this again. I will help you correct the base. I'll help you get this right. So I feel like the reason I'm, the Lord put this on my heart and, and is because we, this is our language here at City Church, Right? Lord, let your glory come. I mean, if we take God at his word and what he has said, then we are excited about that, right? We're really excited about, yes, more Lord, more Lord. But I just feel like the Lord's saying, I also want to give you the picture of as I come, it's not, it may not be as you, as you think. It's not all, it may not all be super pleasant for you. It may be hard. And we, we heard a very similar message, a part of that last night. Like, hey, it's healing, but it's painful. That's why it's the pain that lets you know that something's happening. 
And that may happen for you here. I know it's happened for me. So um, I had more, but I really want to honor our time here and your time. So I'm just going to pray. And after I pray, Chris, if you want to come up. Um, Lord, this is certainly just a scratching of the surface. But I just ask God that, uh, that we would respond to you rightly. You are great. Lord, it says in your word that you created the heavens with your fingers. That's all it took. Lord, I am blown away. I am in awe and wonder. I don't even fully comprehend you. I know that. I am fully aware of that, Lord. Lord, would you help us respond to you rightly? Would you help us to fear you rightly? Would you help us to be doers of your word and not merely hearers who delude themselves, Lord? And I know that you give us the grace to be those people, that it's through your love, through your compassion, through your heart for us, that you strengthen us and equip us to be those people. Lord, we say... Come, have your way in this place, not just today, but moving forward, Lord God. And we will keep saying, just like we heard last night, search me, O oh God. Search me. Okay, that's wrong in me. Okay, let's, let's do this painful thing again. Let's clear it out. Let's clear it out, Lord God, because you are God, and we want to fear you in a right way. Lord, we love you, and we pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.